Yeah, hi everyone. Thank you so much for listening to Beyond Eight Figures. This is AJ, the journeyman entrepreneur with another Beyond Eight Figure episode for you. On the show, we talk with top entrepreneurs about the realities of building an eight-figure business, what success really means to them, and hear from them about some of their winning strategies and tactics. Tune in to each episode to learn how to grow your business beyond 10 million, and more importantly, create your own personal legacy. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode. Today, we're talking with Kevin Bees, the CEO and leading expert in profit maximization down in Australia. Now, Kevin's a great guy. I've enjoyed talking with him both here in this interview you're about to listen to, and also just more than a few times we've been able to chat before and now since the interview you're about to listen to. Kevin has a great background. He's worked with as a senior leader financial strategist and international speaker for almost two decades. He's helped many organizations improve their performance, and he's spoken at numerous Tony Robbins events and similar type events. This guy knows how to talk about maximizing your profit. Now, he can do a lot more than just talk accounting, and this is what kind of makes it interesting because he brings in a lot of good business experience to bring the reality of what we have to go into. I enjoy talking with Kevin because I really do like his focus on the foundation of the type of work you have to do before you can do the more cooler and interesting things that I think a lot of us find coaches to talk about. Sometimes we get, oh, it'll be so cool if we can do X, Y, or Z, but we don't have our financial foundation in order. And Kevin really does, as he'll talk about here in the interview, really focus on a lot of that. I think another thing we can really kind of enjoy is talking about the types of things that help you focus on what's the right thing, the type of questions you ask. Bill jokingly talk about um, a quote around smart people have great answers, geniuses have great questions. You know, we'll play around a little bit with that. So look, I think Kevin's an amazing guy. I think you're really going to learn a lot. And um, let's go listen to Kevin. Hello, Kevin. I am so happy to get you on my podcast. Thank you so much for coming. Hey, it's a pleasure to be here. And uh, you did such a great job in our conversation on the Life Changing Questions podcast. So it's, uh, it's exciting to be here and uh, be in the other role. Well, I really do love your podcast. And I love sort of the depth of the questions that you ask and just how you know, important they are to kind of help you know, entrepreneurs and even myself, you know, and myself, I am an entrepreneur, wait, help entrepreneurs sort of focus where they're trying to go. So hopefully my questions today will be at least passable. I love, and I was just sharing with the audience a little bit about your background, you know, this great sort of progression through various levels of financial work to working with Tony Robbins in Tony Robbins, you know, company and doing all this stuff to then your own, you know, your own efforts to now working with clients and profit maximization. I will say that 10 times fast so I can practice it. But where do you see yourself as an entrepreneur these days? Oh, that's a really great question. Where I see myself right now is coming from a place of service. It's how I'm asking myself, you're talking about questions, I'm asking myself 
all the time, how do I use my skills and abilities to the highest advantage of others? And when I ask that question, I, there's, there's so much knowledge and experience I've got from the past, which in, and as entrepreneurs, you know, we can kind of ignore the things that we've done, kind of diminish them or maybe not think that well of them because we're so excited about where we're going and where we need to be. But actually, it doesn't matter who you are or where you are in your life right now. You've, you've got years of experience. You've created things that, you know, other people would love to have those skills and would love to have those abilities. And so for me, I'm, I'm just focusing on how do I use my skills and abilities to, to help others? And as you mentioned, my background originally was in finance. And, you know, then along the way, I've done a, a lot in terms of psychology and mindset. And so I have this uh, amazing tool set to, to really help other entrepreneurs to grow and, and maximize the results in their business. And so my, my focus isn't, isn't so much on where I'm going as an entrepreneur, but it's how, how I can serve and help other people. Well, I mean, even to be able to do that, you have to, to be able to serve other people, you have to have skills and capabilities to do that because anyone can walk out and say, hey, let me lift that for you. But the sophistication, you know, as I've said before, your podcast, but then also your your company and then the program you run, that's not just something you pull off a shelf. You, know, you didn't just go buy, you know, Entrepreneur for Dummies and just sort of copy and paste this. You know, you've built a pretty sophisticated business here that is really helping a good amount of clients and watching sort of some of the what looks like the growth over the past few years, it seems like you've had to, you know, develop a stronger message to go out and to communicate what you're doing to help this audience. Do you find it that you are having to sort of refine and continue, you know, what you're doing to be able to better serve these people? Yes, uh, it, it continually. And we're guided by the marketplace, right? So maybe in the beginning, given my accounting and finance background, I, I was very skilled uh, in going into organizations and helping uh, identify the problem and work out how to turn it around. And so my messaging along the way to business owners was, hey, you've got to know your numbers, know your numbers. And I've you know, recorded a TV series in a studio and I'm teaching you know, business owners how to know your numbers. I think it's one of the most essential skills. But uh, yes. typically you say that to entrepreneurs and the, the idea of knowing the numbers is great, but it's easy to say that's the accountant's problem or the thought of going through and understand profit, loss and balance sheets. It's like, it's not the most exciting thing in the world. And so when you talk about messaging, yeah, 100%. If I go out and tell uh, you know, people, hey, I'm going to help you know your numbers, maybe some people get it, some people don't. If I tell them the benefit or the result of that, though, uh, hey, I'm going to help you maximize your profitability. That sounds more interesting. Who, do, who doesn't want prof more profitability? Or oh, yeah. given the mindset background, if I if I wanted to say, um, you know, a message I may have used in the past, hey, I'm going to help you uncover your limiting beliefs or I'm going to help you shift your mindset, hmm, that's okay. But if I say we're going to help you change your uh, beliefs that are holding you back from making more profit in your business, it's tied to results. So, so yes, continue changing the message and I think keeping the message more so in alignment with the result that business owners want and business owners desire. Well, this is a, yeah, and I would like to almost dive in more of that because one, profit's are kind of important to what we do for a living here. As a little bit. <laughs> but I literally was having this conversation because I talk about, I was talking with another entrepreneur about the type of financial system that they've been running. And they've been sort of, they're, they're realizing they got to graduate from their combination of bookkeeper and tax person to now actually having a more robust financial system. And I know like in my process, I stuck with a bookkeeper too long. I then stuck with my CPA led sort of, I knew my financials, but I didn't really know what it meant from an operational point of view. I just knew what it meant 
overall and specifically for my taxes until I spent a good amount of money getting a fractional CFO. And then he built a very, I don't want to say overly complex, but a complex system that allowed me to see a lot of things. But the moment he left after I sold the company, all of a sudden then, you know, what I had left afterwards or after I sold most of the assets, what I had after I was like, oh, how do I keep this? So I found it very difficult to understand what I should be building the type of system from a financial point. I know I like certain things. I know I like having the rolling cash flow. I know I like looking at this. I know I like understanding my you know, cash cycle times and all that, but I don't know how to do that. How? Where do you find your entrepreneurs coming in? Where are they usually in sort of this period? Are they, hey, we have a good business, but I don't know where to go? Or tell us more about where they are in their mindset coming to you. Yeah, okay. So typically the conversation uh, entrepreneurs have with me, we we start off, normally they see me a presentation like this and and I explain to them, look, if I look at your numbers in your business, I'm going to find, I'm sure within 45 minutes, at least $100,000 in additional profit for you. And I can say that with confidence because I work with so many business net, business now and seen so many patterns and so many challenges. Uh, having that outsider's perspective looking on someone's business, you can often see a very different way, you know, where we can tweak a strategy here or a sales process there or identify how do we get recurring, you know, more recurring income. And so it's very easy to see those things. So the entrepreneurs I, I work with often get excited by the numbers. And then then we can work through well, what, what metrics or levers do we need to have in place. Now, as you said, accountants can make things complex or uh, what I see with a lot of accountants is actually they, they don't provide the management decision making information we need. A lot of accountants are in that more that role, that compliance position where it's their job to take what you've done in the business and turn it into numbers and then submit it for your taxes. Typically, your year will end and then they may submit that six to nine months later. So by the time you read that data, one is out of date by you know a year, year and a half, and two is not structured in a way that's going to help you as the entrepreneur understand, well, what does this mean? What, what action do I take? Because that's your job. Your job is to read those numbers and then understand, well, what do I do differently? And so typically uh, in the beginning, I help them uh, set up those those systems and, and get the relevant um, bookkeeper accountants to start producing, you know, just monthly management accounts, having that information and seeing what is, what is the profitability in the business? What is my profit by different products? What is my profit by different services? It's amazing. Um, so many entrepreneurs don't look at this. They don't understand this. But once we look at it and we can see, hey, well, this product or service, is providing way less profit margin than this product or service. What if we put more of our energy into this one? What would happen to your business? And simple questions like that can can often just unlock something in them that they already know. And, and with that slight tweak or change to, well, what are we looking at? What's the best area to focus on? That The business can go uh, go very quickly from there. Um, I, I, and I've seen this in, in so many businesses. I, I mean, I learned this at the very beginning. I worked with um, fresh out of university. I got mentored uh, at Intel Corporation and I hadn't done any of my accounting studies by that point. And I just thought I was, you know, the, the lowest uh, of low in the organization getting mentored there. And I was producing some analysis, some charts, and I'd pass them on to my boss and think that was it. You know, no one else ever saw them. But then one day I was sat in a meeting with the head of the EMEA region, the European region, you know, Europe, uh, Africa, Asia region. And he was explaining why they were going to change strategy and why they were going to be doing things differently in the region. And he put up my graph to explain the reasons why and what was going on. And I, I had one of these moments where you knew where the hairs on the back of your neck stand up, like, oh, oh that's my chart. That. <laughs> that's my analysis. Like, I never knew it would get all the way, you know, up 
to to them. I, I thought it was just going to my boss. And this is where I had the realization that, you know, it doesn't matter the size of the business. I mean, Intel being, you know, a multiple $30 billion business at the time, I think, you know, or even, uh, you know, the six, seven, eight figure, nine figure business I work with now, that data, knowing that data and having the right analysis at your fingertips can really help you make the, you know, the right decision, the right choice. If an intern with no knowledge or skill can find the right information, then I know every entrepreneur listening to this with the right bit of guidance, you know, with the, the right um, focus, we can really get, get you there. One of the most important things, you, you spoke about rolling cash flow. Cash flow is so key. You know, when you work in capital, that's, that's, that's key. Even simple things like key KPIs, what, what, what are the key performance indicators? Maybe we focus on one or two levers in your business and it makes all the difference. I, I'll give you one more example. Um, I worked with a, a business that were hiring out plant and machinery. And there was a simple KPI. We knew that if the machinery was out 50% of the time on higher 50% of the time, they'd be breaking even. If it was out less than that, so my yard was full with machines and we'd be losing money. But if it was out 60, 70, 80% of the time, then we'd be making good money. So we had, this business had you know, seven or eight different depots, uh, you know, in the country. And that was the metric we gave them. Look, your machinery needs to be out on higher at least 60, 70% of the time. They could measure that on a daily basis, right? And they, they could see every day. Now, if they were focusing on that every day to make sure that their machinery was out at least 70% of the time, and if it wasn't, we'd be having a conversation with that. If they were focused on that every single day, then each week, each month, each year, we knew we were going to be making good money. If their yard was full, we had a problem. We better focus on it. So I wonder, you know, for the entrepreneurs listening, well, what, what are the key performance indicators there? What are the key metrics that if we put our focus in that would actually drive your results in a different way? No, I love that because it goes very much to, I'm a proponent of sort of agile marketing. And when you talk about the KPIs, it's having a system where you know consistently what the data means, so then you can do experiments off of the data and from a marketing point of view, but the same thing in a sense for finance. It's like, okay, consistently looking at the data over time so you understand what that means when something does X or Y, it goes up, it goes down, left, right, center, and then say, do we put more money in this or do that? I mean, that's it's one of those things that I think so many entrepreneurs like, well, it sounds so duh, but it's so hard to consistently develop that process. How long do you see, like for most people coming through your program, I mean, obviously you guys are trying to move this forward and you have ways of getting it, but how long do you usually see for you know the customers in your program? How long does it take for them to kind of start moving into that system that nice consistent flow of data yeah it is interesting different people move at different different speeds i've got some entrepreneurs who are completely urgent and get things done i was surprised by a, a new client uh you know, two weeks ago i explained some of these things and what we need to change in our accounting in our system and the next day she emails me and says here it is it's all done and you know when she'd had the bookkeeper set up a new financial system get it into the cloud reorder you know how we see things in like while i was done then and there now once the system and structure is set up in place, each month we can review those financials together very easily. And then, uh, of course, you know, we can start setting up the KPIs around. So it can, it can happen real fast. I mean, it's something, it's not complex. A lot of people have negative associations with numbers or money or finances and they get scared of them and it's is unnecessary it's just we've we've been taught we haven't we weren't really taught in a very good way through our school system people got all sorts of fears and we can move those away quite easily i'm very skilled now at helping people to, to just really get to grips with well, what, what does it what does it mean and how to understand it and once we do that within a period of um weeks of getting things set up 
we can easily have the reviews, uh, you know, coming in once a month and, and have a review and understand it. One of my clients, um, he, he's been doing this regularly now. We probably did this uh, three, four years ago. He got himself a, a bookkeeper out of the Philippines, so it's cost him next to nothing. And this, this bookkeeper produces all the things we need to do. He doesn't ever need to get involved in the production of this or, uh, or the creation of this. He just gets the end report which gives him the data he needs. And then we can discuss what needs to happen. What, what decisions do we need to make? Now, the upshot for him, of course, once we started looking at his, his P&L in a, in a different way, we split it. We could start to see he's an IT guy and he has money he makes from selling licenses and money he makes from doing, you know, web development uh, with, with yeah. people. Now, it was interesting. We could look at the different margins between the two and, and we could begin to see, hey, well, if we had your team being more productive and they were doing more billable hours in this web development area, you know, you got a higher margin there. We put more effort into that and then your profit's going to jump very quickly. And sure enough, because we could see that on the report, we made that decision. He starts having more conversations with clients about what services they actually need. They needed all these services, but they weren't asking for it. And, you know, once they started asking, hey, do you need this? Say, hey, we can provide this for you. Sure enough customers started saying, yes, we need this. And so he, uh, he got to serve his clients more. And then as a result of that, you know, uh, his, his profit, uh, his revenue jumped one and a half times, but his profit went up like 8.9 times. And I think that's the interesting thing for entrepreneurs to get. Sometimes when you're at that break-even point where you're just marginally profitable, small increases in your revenue can have very large increases in, in your profitability. That's where the exciting things come in. Once we start looking at those numbers, we find which levers to pull to help that grow quickest. No, I mean, it is fascinating because yeah, it had those experiences, you know, acquiring a team that had its own cost covered, but then being able to cross sell them into my other service or cross sell their clients into my services and then their services into my existing clients. And all of a sudden it was like, oh, I spent X, but I'm getting four times X back just by, you know, having this capability set up correctly. But it took a lot of work to be able to get there. So that's what I, you know, I think is really interesting, getting in and having the understanding of what's, what's available and what's smart. Maybe before we go into sort of where you're going to sort of make sure you're able to service these clients, what is it that you tell folks who are thinking about it is going to be the most important thing that they're going to be looking at? Or what do you think is among the most important things that clients should be looking at? Big question, and it depends on the stage of their business. Some, some are at the stage where they need to be looking at bringing on more team or developing or expanding their team. Some are at the stage where actually they need to be finding some, some more cash flows to be able to afford things and fund things. Some, some are uh, at the place where actually we can just, we have a proven model here and, and we can just scale it. Um, I, I, I like to, to approach most businesses from the perspective of, I think there's only uh, seven or eight things if we're going to maximize the profitability. There's probably seven or eight things that if I run through as a bit of a checklist, then we can identify the core areas and the areas to focus on. And I just, I know we won't have time to go through them all on the show today, but if I just rattle off the seven or eight, I mean, number one is yeah. it's leads. You know, do we have the relevant amount of leads and qualified leads coming into the organization? Now, I, I know with your experience and expertise, you know, your team have been amazing at helping people do that. I think a lot of people a lot of business owners think they need more leads but really i think a lot of business owners uh they don't need to do a lot more marketing i think sometimes they just need to focus uh more on maximizing what they have you know so they can get more profit and more more peace of mind and so yeah yeah, and, and with that example, um, let's think about the next stage. And the next thing I think about, number two, is, is conversion. If we already have this opportunity in front of us, how can we help uh, convert more of those? Um, to give you an example, had a 
guy who was manufacturing and installing kitchens and we looked at his conversion ratio so every prospect he spoke to how many of those did he convert into a client and you know his sales team were converting 20 percent, so he was getting one in five and i asked him when he because he was the owner he'd been in the business 30 years i asked him when he was doing the sales what was his conversion he said well i'd used to get 80 percent because i'm the owner i'd get 80 percent like, ah okay so you used to get 80 but your guys are getting 20. so what happens if we set the standard in this team to be 50 percent, and we tell them hey we've got to get 50 percent conversion to be in the team and we focus on that together we do a bit of training with them, give them some support, do some, give them some additional scripts, help improve the closing process, maybe put a guarantee in place. So we did a handful of things. And sure enough, over a three to six month period, we got their conversion from 20% up to 40%. We didn't quite get to the 50%, we got to the 40%, but that's a doubling of the business, right? So that just changing that one process, the business doubled. So, uh, I mean, what would that mean for your business? If you're listening right now, what's your current conversion ratio? And, you know, what would happen if you doubled that? Like, how would that change for your business? So, so that's the second thing, um, conversion. Uh, the the other one is average dollar sale. How do we help your clients increase the amount of money they're spending with you each time? Uh, going back to the IT example, that's, I mean, that's what they did. They started offering bigger packages, bigger solutions uh, that the customers, the customers needed, you know, um, the obvious thing in average dollar sale, a lot of entrepreneurs, and this is, this is a big thing, is that a lot of them discount. They give, give away so much profit margin because they're not confident in their products or their service or experience. So they choose to discount to win business. And it's, it's one of the biggest challenges. I think, you know, I, I, I was in New York and I was walking down the street and there was this queue around the corner and I wondered why, why is there such a big queue? And I got to the front of the queue and I looked and there was a, it was a hairdresser's and there was a sign in the window and it said $3 haircuts. I was like, wow, $3 haircuts. Like, and I looked across the road, there was another hairdresser and their prices were a normal range, $40, $50, uh, something like that. And I went across the owner and said, well, he's doing $3 haircuts. So what are you going to do? Are you going to drop your prices? And he said, nope. And he gets out his uh, pen and, you know, a bit of poster paper and he writes on it and he sticks it in the window and I look and it says, we fix $3 haircuts, right? And it's a bit of a, an old story, that one, but I think it, it kind of shows the point. It becomes about experience what what's the experience that we can give someone can we um you know show them you know our quality can we give them you know a better experience now when i've had clients really work on the experience and show clients the value that they're adding and then we look at increasing prices well very frequently uh you know customers are happy to pay the higher price because they're getting a good quality product or service now what happens if you increase your price 10 percent or 20 percent it, it could be quite remarkable because all of a sudden if you're already at that break-even point most of that additional gross margin or all of that additional gross margin drops straight into your pocket um had one client tell me recently that he's now you know making 10 percent more money and, and you know, can take an extra day a week uh, off of work to be with the kids. So, uh, so leads, conversion, average dollar sale. And I'll just quickly wrestle through the others. I, I, I'm not gonna have time to go through them all in detail, but um, if, if it's okay, uh, if you wanted to hear the rest, I, I've got a, an ebook with this or a report. And if you went to profit.gifts, so like a gift, so profit.gifts, and it, it will show you 125 free and easy money well, maximizing yeah, opportunities. Sure. And so the other ones then is how do we get your customers to do more transactions with you? How do we get them to buy more frequently? Okay, that's a really critical one. How do we help them maximize their profit margin? A quick example on that, I had a jeweler and they were selling a range of different stones and we looked at the profitability of each type of stone. And we found out that uh, maybe, I think it was the sapphires were, were more uh, higher margin. So we started positioning, you know, more sapphire sales. And of course, even though we made the same revenue as before, there was actually more profit margin dropping through the bottom line. So, so basically there was you know, less less work uh, being done. So there were less, you know, less products being done. So just made it more efficient. Cash flow. you spoke about working capital cycle, so key. We looked at Amazon. Amazon 
Amazon, Amazon's the success is one of the key reasons is because it's working capital cycle. I, I can't remember. I think it was like 125 days plus, meaning they get paid by their customer. Okay. And then, you know, some point later, you know, they, they then pay the supplier for delivering the product. So they get all this cash up front and they don't have to pay until later. A lot of businesses have that switch. We pay out all of our costs, all of our money and yeah, yeah. then collect later. So that in itself uh, is not to be underestimated. And, and that could really be the hand, handbrake on your business. This is good because I do think these are things that once again, I'm going to keep saying, and it sounds dopey, but it is so important. Everyone talks about this, but I think in the you know, heat of the moment, the fog of war, however you want to call your metaphor of choice for being an entrepreneur, we lose track of these things. I know from a marketing point of view, when I work with clients, it's almost the same type of discussion, but you know, from the marketing point of view of like, hey, let's look at these, let's isolate these things because then we can find incremental opportunities throughout. And I love that you keep hitting on it because I get scared sometimes when I come across programs that are like, oh, we find this or, you know, the, well, all right, since I'm, I'm spending a lot more time in the acquisition, sort of the entrepreneurship of acquiring and looking to go buy a company, all the money down folks, it gets scary because it's sort of like, yeah, it's doable, but the degree of difficulty is so much higher that why don't you just help me figure out how to do this in a good way? Because overall, what I've seen from your program and from listening to you know your discussions is you're not you're not create you're not offering something that is so out there that it's like yes we will find rainbows that will then go to the pot of gold. You're like no, you go do the work. These are the things. These are important, and you're gonna go get more money because you do the right things. And I think at times in this space, it is very, it's a, so much entrepreneurs like us are looking for people who can help them understand where to position and how to get better at finances and stuff. And too often it does get to be that story without the substance behind it. And here you are, you're hitting, what do you need to do? Well, you got to go chop the wood, carry the water. You have to do the right things for the right reason. So no, you you're being great when you talk about this stuff. Hey, thank you. And, and here's the reality. It's not, there's no pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. If I stood next to any business owner, every business owner I've met, it doesn't matter whether they're the billion dollar companies, the nine, eight, seven, six figure companies, anyone that I work with, they're all leaking profit. So, and that pot of gold is, is right at your feet. And all I'm saying is that it's here at your feet. Let's just bend over and pick it up. Like it's there. And I, I really genuinely have a passion for every business owner and entrepreneur to be picking up more of that profitability because everything we have in our world right now, everything you look around, whatever you can touch in front of you, this device that you're listening to, maybe the car that you're driving and the seat you're saying, that's come from an entrepreneur who's worked to create that and create that idea and bring it to reality. And I think too many uh, entrepreneurs I see are doing amazing things for the world, but then not keeping that profit. And then of course, unable to continue or unable to serve and support the family where they want. And I, I really have a, a passion to help them pick that up. There's that opportunity all the way around. And I just, I think that's, that's uh, probably my job is to help them see that and show them that, you know, there's, there's a way to pick that up and do that. You mentioned uh, before about my background with the psychology and the mindset. And I, I think that's something that I, I kind of really can't emphasize enough on. If we can get that right perspective, right mindset, everything changes. Um, I had a client say to me this week that her business doubled because of, and she, she pinpoints in one specific activity we did 
where we shifted her mindset. She was seeing things in one way and we helped her reframe it and see it in another. And she said, because of that shift in that change, I went and did some different things and got different results. Now, I didn't have to give her the strategy in that example. We shifted her mindset and she already knew what to do, but she had that handbrake on from her, for her own, own way of thinking. So we got to get that psychology right and that mindset right. And and, and that's part of my uh, my fascination with the life-changing questions that we, we spoke about. Because if I can go and understand that the questions that someone asks, well, questions of someone's thinking at the heart of it. If you ask a different question, you get a different answer or you're going to get a different result. Um, one, one of my mentors, um, Keith Cunningham, he frames this in a really great way. And, and I wish I'd, I'd frame this before I heard it from him. He says, smart people have great answers and geniuses have great questions. And I, I really love that framing. So <clears throat> part of what I'm doing with the whole mindset piece then is, is really helping people to ask, ask the right questions and be focused on the right things that are going to allow them to uh, keep serving clients at, you know, at a high level. But uh, in a way that allows them to keep, you know, keep more of that profitability in their pocket and, and not let it slip out. No, that is really cool. And I think tying it to those questions is so, so cool because yes, you may know like, oh, I to take a little bit out. I know I shouldn't go have another drink you know, or I know I should go to the gym, but it's like, why do we do, you know, sometimes we cut corners or sometimes we don't do the things we know. So why is that? And then bringing it into a business, it's sad, but I, you know, I've had moments where it's like, I know I should do it. I know I should do it. And then someone gives me a different reframing or pushes me on something. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh yeah, why was I doing that? And then all of a sudden something is so much easier. It's like, it's so dopey, but so important. We get lost in that. We, we can't, we can't see the label on the bottle from inside of the bottle, right? So it's good, yes. good to have someone else uh, to be there and uh, to make some metaphors to hold that mirror up. And, you know, it's called a blind spot for a reason. So uh, that, that's why it's good to have the external party to, to really help see that uh, from those perspectives. With your focus on service with Profit Hive and, you know, with your other, you know, your speaking and your other efforts, how are you going about defining what success is for yourself? I mean, obviously, Profit Hive, you must have some beautiful KPIs, um, given your specialization here. But what is what's success going to look like for you? I always have loved the definition of success by Earl Nightingale. And, and I think he described it as success is the progressive realization of a worthy ideal. And so success cool. isn't something that's in the distance yeah. is not something that I'm never going to obtain. One of the challenges I see with a lot of clients I work with is they want to get this amount of money and then this amount of money or this goal and this thing. And the trouble is they get there and they're like, oh, is that all it is? And then they go for that and they're continually reaching for something beyond themselves and they're never happy and never satisfied. And so this is why I love Earl Nightingale's definition, definition is that success is a progressive realization. How are we continue? What are we doing to continually move and edge forward towards that bigger vision? Now, of course, my vision is to uh, help every entrepreneur, uh, you know, make the profit that they they really want to make. Is you know, and so they can have the more impact, the more profit, the more impact they can have. And I, I really want to have have more impact. And so, for me, it's am I uh, am I helping my clients to to make more of that profit? That's the number one KPI. Are they getting the results? And I can see that in the numbers, either their profit and their revenue, uh, or more more importantly, their profit going up or not. If it's not, then I'm I'm not being effective in my work that I'm doing. So that's that's the number one metric. And then number two, of course, is you know how many people am I able to reach and help? And that's that's like my focus personally as an entrepreneur right now. Uh, for the longest time, I've done a, I, I've worked uh, with groups. I've helped people with group perspective. For the longest time, I've helped people one on one, just so I can be really close. Uh, 
uh, into the nuts and bolts of the business and really serve uh, serve people you know with the specifics. As I'm going further in my career and know I've got I know I've got a system that really works and it really helps people. My uh, my next focus is on how do I uh, reach you know a wider audience. Um, one of the things that I'm working on right now, I've, I've set myself the intention. I'm going to declare it here publicly so I can I, I know psychologically I've said it's world. My birthday is uh, coming up the uh, mid mid of December, 18th of December. And my commitment between now and then, which is what uh, I think, what are we at, about six, six weeks away, something like that, is to have, have written a book on this topic. I know all the knowledge in the IP is here. I use it all the time with my clients. And now in, over the next six weeks, I'm going to get that out on paper so we can actually get that out and help assist more people. And I, I just want to declare that publicly right now because I know once you declare things publicly all, all sorts of things start to happen when you feel this this uh, pressure because you've told other people and you want to be consistent to your word uh, but two uh, sometimes other people listening uh, you know get an idea or a thought and you know an opportunity comes up that helps you with that so uh, so that that's that's my progressive realization is how do I get this IP uh, into a system into a book that can help more people okay since we're recording this ahead of time um, I will make sure to help you on the support, just to add that little bit of extra kindling underneath. We will make sure we call out that you were working on a book. And obviously, it won't be released on the 18th, you know, and all that. But you it will, it will have... be written by then. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it will be written. written. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Editing takes a long time, but um, we will call that out because I think, you know, I do think that would be really cool to see. And we'll make sure, you know, we have this in the show notes and everywhere so everyone can check you out check where you are with your progress there i know that you know you're an australian company profithive.au au is that right yeah dot com dot au that's it yeah but i was looking and you work with you know and you've talked about european um clients i see this do you also have american do you have where are your client i mean obviously probably mostly australia because that's where you are but where are your clients? Yeah, I, I have a real a real mix because I uh, like you. I lived in Europe for a while. I, I lived in the UK and I lived in uh, Netherlands for a while. Um, and I've worked with some um, some US you know, partnerships. I have clients in US, Canada, uh, Europe. Uh, not so much in Asia right now, and then Australia, New Zealand. So I've got a bit of a mix all over the place. The the challenge, of course, is is time zones. So I I try to align myself probably more so with Australia and US time zone. I think it's easier to to fit clients in. But uh, sometimes uh, exciting opportunities come up to work with people in Europe, and we find a way to make it work. If I need to get up early sometimes or step a little bit later sometimes for those clients, then you know, then then we do that. So yeah, clients are aware, and this is the joy of the technology we have right now. I mean, I'm sat in one country, in one continent, you're sat in a country in another continent. And then we've got listeners probably in every other continent. I mean, the technology is amazing. Providing someone has a good internet connection, we, we can work anywhere in the world. Yeah, I mean, I started playing around with technology in the 80s, did not date myself that much on something called the bulletin board systems way, way back, sort of pre-dial-up you know, internet and all that. And I used to play online chess. And I remember playing with someone in Australia for a while doing matches. And it would literally be because of how they had to route things. It would be a day or two be between just a single move would get wow. from one player to the other. And here I am having a conversation. <laughs> so yes, real time. technology has come a little bit. So it's fun. Yeah. This is real time. What's the best way for someone listening who's interested to um, get in touch with you, to learn more about your program, you? What's the best way? 
number one, visit the uh, the gifts that I, I you know offer to share. Go to profit.gifts and then you're going to be able to access uh, the gift then and you can contact me there. Or if you did want to come to my website, you're most welcome to uh, profithive.com.au. And uh, yeah, I'd be delighted if, if you're uh, at a position in your business where you uh, want to maximize your profitability you see there's some opportunity there i'm I'm more than happy to uh, have a conversation and lend my thoughts there you know if i can can help i re- would really love to great we will have everything i was just actually calling that up um, <laughs> um we will have all the links in the show notes for everyone we'll make sure they go in the newsletter when this comes out and we'll put it up on the socials because i really do like you know everyone i've been checking this program out i've been going through a lot of his youtube video you know his other you know his materials there's a lot of really great stuff and like i said having seen a lot of people make promises that don't really or maybe more marketing sizzle than actual focus on the realities of business i always appreciate someone who's doing is doing the work of calling out the hard work for the right reasons to get the type of profits that we can get if we work hard so I really do like a lot of what Kevin's doing. So thank you so much for coming on the show today, Kevin. Thank you so much for your kind words. And uh, yeah, I think that's that's a challenge for all of us. There are people out there shouting louder and marketing louder and, and not doing as good a job as us. So, uh, you know, if you're doing a great job, then we need to increase that visibility and get it out there. And uh, some of this work doesn't have to be hard. I think it's just we're thinking in a slightly different way and, and things can happen a lot quicker and a lot easier than, than maybe you even ma- imagine. That's that pot of gold is around your feet. Let's uh, let's bend over and pick it up. All right, let's go find some pot of golds. All right, thank you, Kevin. I can't wait to talk to you again. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Bye bye. This episode of Beyond Eight Figures is over, but your journey as an entrepreneur continues. So if we can help you with anything, please just let us know. And if you like this episode, please share it with someone who might learn from it. Until next time, keep growing and find the joy in your journey. This is AJ, and I'll be talking to you soon. Bye-bye.